Word for You is presented by Grace Point Church in Lakewood, Ohio. We are located at the intersection of Warren and Alger and welcome you to visit us in person or online at gracepointlakewood.com. That's G-R-A-C-E-P-O-I-N-T-E-L-A-K-E-W-O-O-D.com. Listen to podcasts of sermons from our pastor, Mike Bartolone, and various guest pastors. You will see that grace is always the point, and you are always welcome. Let's go to Matthew chapter 2. Starting in verse 1 now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. Now at least we know where he was born, Bethlehem of Judea. In the days of Herod, Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was rejoicing. (laughs) He was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him, because they were hearing something they didn't want to hear. Amen? And when they had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them, where... The Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Again, they don't like those words. And then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, say wise men. We're going to talk about these wise men this morning. Determined from what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me, and I may come and worship him also. And when the king, when they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them until it came and stood over where the young child was. I mean, at this point, he was not a baby. He was two years old. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they had come into the house, not manger, not inn, (laughs) when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, and that's plural, say plural treasure. They didn't bring him, they didn't come from the Persian Empire to the Roman Empire with trinkets, with trifles, with little nothing to give to Jesus, king of the Jews, and in their minds, king of the world. They didn't bring trinkets. 
And that's what we're going to talk about. And they presented gifts, which is also plural to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and other things. There's just, we could go on forever. But then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country in another way. We'll get into some more of that. But today I want to mention something that is often overlooked and incredibly misunderstood about Jesus. We don't always see Jesus in this light because the world doesn't want us to see him this way. They want us to see him as a pauper as broken, as insignificant. That's the way the world wants. And most of the world today, when you go down the streets, anywhere, anywhere in these neighborhoods, even where you live, most of the streets don't even have stables out front anymore. They have Santa Claus and the Grinch. Who stole the Grinch? Who cares? I don't care. Who is the Grinch anyway? Everybody's all, in, everybody's all unfocused on what the true meaning of Christmas is. I mean, I love the lights, and I love the Christmas trees, because we can get significance out of those, you know. But if Jesus had real, had real physical wealth, and that, that's the question on the earth, where did it come from? I have to believe it came right from here, these wise men. Historically, the wise men were called the Magi, which means powerful and great ones. The Magi brought gifts. And they were known for their mystical arts and the things that they did. The name Magi found its way into the Persian culture, which was a part of the Parthian, Parthian dynasty under these Mag, 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 Magi's governances. The Magi, the office of the Magi was equivalent to our current Congress or house, houses of government. They were dignitaries. They just weren't little peasants that saw a star in the sky and said, oh, 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 let's go see. No, 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 no. These men were also called king makers. King makers. These wise men had authority to validate kings in the earth. And in the Bible, these kingmakers were mystical from the order of the Chaldeans, which was literally descendants of Daniel. So if you want to know where this treasure came from, it literally came from God to Daniel, to the wise men, to Jesus. Now, you think God's going to send him a couple of trinkets when he owns the cattle on a thousand hills? See, these were skilled. These people were skilled in observing the sky, the stars, and other heavenly bodies. These men would be advisors to the king and his military and governing leaders. The Magi, through their ability to read the stars, knew the time and the season when an event of a historical significance was taking place. This was no small thing. Now, just, not just any king. I mean, they were able, literally, they were able to pinpoint when a king 
was to be born in the earth. That's some mystical understanding, amen? And not just any king. They came to crown a king who was king of the world. Jesus, who is in our Bible said to be king of the kings and lord of lords. These appointed by God's kingmakers came from a far country looking for Jesus with a star leading their way. And the Magi's presence troubled Herod and Jerusalem. Why was their message such a big deal to these people? And it's because the, they knew the Magi's history and reputation of being kingmakers. They knew something was up. And their understanding literally terrified Herod. And he must have asked them, are you here for peace? Or are you here to put our city under siege? And that, I'm going I'm to I'm tell you why they said that. Because he must have also inquired if they came bearing a message or they came to inform him that he was no longer the king. Because that was really was the message. And there must have been a significant reason for them to come because these men did not travel from a far country to Jerusalem for nothing. They didn't just show up. Three people on a camel. Ooh, aren't they cute? Those little camels with those three men. See, I believe they came in like an army on a mission. They came bearing gifts. They couldn't travel from Persia to, from the Persian Empire to the Roman Empire with, with the wealth that they were bringing without an elite force army accompanying them. And they came bearing gifts for a king, and this is what they gave them. Their coming made Herod and the whole of Jerusalem know that a king was about to be anointed. They knew this because the Magi came in kingmaker mode. They were here in kingmaker mode. And there weren't just three men who showed up. They came with an army accompaniment to these men. Then without needing an introduction, you would quickly realize that their purpose for coming was they automatically might easily conclude that this army and three wise men, Magi, came to do something serious, and Herod was afraid. You want to know how afraid he was? Just read your Bible. Because when the wise men didn't listen to Herod and do what he said, come back so I could come and worship him too, they went another way. Herod decided to kill all the children in Bethlehem, two years old and younger. The only person that can do that is somebody who's full of fear, who's afraid that something larger than he could ever imagine is happening on the earth during his time. In truth, they came to anoint the king of the world. These magi traveled 466 miles from the Persian Empire to the Roman Empire, accompanied by an army of elite forces. And these magi were without fear while passing through the Roman territory because they had the boys. They had the army, the elite army that was with them. And they arrived to ask Herod, a Roman king, where the king of the Jews was because they were there to worship 
their new Messiah. They were there to worship the king of the world. This, my friends, was a major event, as well as the gifts they brought. We could talk about those gifts. So as tradition and culture demands that when the kingmakers visit a new king, they just don't come to worship him. They also come bearing gifts. And what kind of gifts would they bring to honor and anoint a king who they believe was king of the world? Oh, I got, here's, I got a little gold piece for you, Jesus. I don't think so. I don't think so. Bear in mind, they aimed to impress when they came. Bear in mind, they came to stand out like real kingmakers who came to anoint the greatest king that they have ever heard of or ever met in their lifetime. Think about it for a moment. Do you think they would travel that far from home, pass through military zones with awestruck army in order to present a substandard gift, a little trinket to Jesus, a little frankincense oil for $14, a little bit of myrrh, I don't think so. See, the Bible tells us that this was precisely what the Magi, being led by the star, brought to Jesus while he was in the house in Nazareth as a young child. If you get some time, if you are historic, historical or you like to read history, go into the Persian, go into Josephus, and look up this little place called the Silk Road. The Silk Road was a route they had to take from Persia to get to where, that, where Jesus was. The Silk Road was the place where they would get the most expensive gold in the world, where they would get the most expensive gifts in the world. Jesus was given gifts beyond comprehension. And these gifts were given directly to Jesus and not his parents. Yes, Jesus entered this world as a rich king of the world. I'm convinced. Meaning that he had more money than, anyone, than everyone in that region because of the kind of gifts he received when he was two years old. And these gifts presented to Jesus became his royal property as a king. And the wise men brought the, the gifts that were equivalent to the recipient, king of the world. What do we give a king of the world? A quarter? A penny? A nickel? A dime? <coughs> a small piece of gold? A small piece of silver? And Jesus is <coughs> king, lord, and ruler of the world. And they could see it through the prophecies of Daniel. Because they studied the prophecies. They were students of Daniel in those days. And through the reading of the stars. And when you realize how significant this is, that is when you realize that these astronomers, jurors, and biblical people knew that the king of the world was coming. So they prepared gifts that were equal to his kingship. This behavior shows how great Jesus was in their sight. How great Jesus was in their sight. But the world, 
No, no. The world today? No, 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 Jesus. Just Santa Claus. That's all we want is Santa Claus. Give us Santa Claus. Oh, we're too busy for Jesus. We can't even sit and listen to a sermon for 20 minutes. We got to get out of here. It's crazy. You know, it's nuts. We can't sit here. That's nuts. This is crucial because it helps us understand that truth that Jesus had everything, not just in heaven, but also on earth. These gifts were massive, yet he, Jesus poured them out for us. He laid them down for us. He became poor so that we could become rich. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, I don't see many people believing that Jesus was ever rich. They made him look like a pauper. He was the son of God. He was the creator of the universe and the creator of all mankind. And the wise men knew this. The magi knew this. Yet for your sakes, he became poor. That through, that you through his poverty might be made rich. How many ever heard of Solomon in the Bible? I mean, Solomon was a wealthy dude. Huh? I mean, all the kings in the Bible were just minor men, including Solomon. The word of God says that Solomon was the wealthiest man who ever lived. Well, that, that was until Jesus, of course. Yet it was his father David who made Solomon rich. And it was Jesus' father, Father God, who made him richer than Solomon. Because Jesus is greater than Solomon. See, King David took the land, paid for everything, and, was, and made Solomon wealthy. Solomon inherited his father's throne. And you could shadow this to Jesus inheriting everything that the Father, father God has. All that I have, he said. Luke 15, 31, which he says to us in the prodigal son, the, the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15, 31, he says, All that I have in the universe is all of yours. Let's get the church to believe that one. What would, we be, what would the church be like if we believed it? It would be a lot different, amen? We'd be living with no limitations. The Bible says there was none wealthier than Solomon. He had so much wealth, Solomon, that during his reign, the streets had gold and silver all over the streets where the people would walk every day for commerce. They would walk down the street. There'll be silver and gold strewn all over the city, all over the streets, wherever they would walk. Because that's, he had so much gold and silver, Solomon, he just threw it out in the streets. Because he was so wealthy. Silver and gold lying around like rocks. And Solomon baked, basked in the glory of his opulent wealth. Now let's look at a scripture in Matthew chapter 12, verse 42. The queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and indeed a greater than Solomon is here. 
Jesus is greater than Solomon. And the worship, the world would worship Solomon as the richest man of the world. And today, because of Jesus, we have something greater than Solomon available to us. Jesus had all of heaven at his fingertips, fingertips, just like he had all the earth at his birth. He received an unbelievable amount of wealth by magi. Jesus never accesses, accessed his, this wealth to the level he could have. Neither did he access all of heaven's armies when he was going to be crucified, which he could have. And remember, Jesus, who was rich <coughs> both materially and supernaturally, became poor for our sakes. Why? So that through him we can have access to that supernatural ability. We. Say we. And you could also have access to the natural Wealth through him because he paid a gruesome price to give us this access. In Matthew 2.10, when they saw him, when the Magi, Magi saw him and saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Let's go to Psalm 72. I believe these wise men knew that when they came... They were fulfilling this psalm, Psalm 72. These verses of this psalm proclaim that Jesus would be presented with precious treasures and gifts. And all the nations would fall down before him and worship him. And telling of the Magi coming to, the worship, to worship Jesus, King of the world... For he will deliver the needy when they cry, the poor also. And Jesus will save the souls of the needy. And then going on to Isaiah 61 says that he preaches the gospel to the poor. And the gospel means good news. Amen. And royal gifts, cargoes brought by the Magi included varieties of treasure going from going way beyond gold. These wise men known as kingmakers, brought gifts and treasures for the king of the world. And the catalog of gifts brought would have amounted to an absolute fortune. The quality of gold they brought was the highest quality of gold reserved for kings, ambassadors, and heads of state. Frankincense was a favorite fragrance of kings, and myrrh was a prophetic gift speaking of Jesus' death. But frankincense and myrrh alone were worth more than some gold that we have today. And these magi kingmakers, wise men, pulled out all the stops they were given to the king of the world. And it's been, now this, catch this, it's been estimated from history, from history, that in today's value of these gifts, that were given to Jesus, the equivalent would be between $10 million and a billion dollars. And even possible far more than that, these men and their army terrified Herod and all of Jerusalem when they came. And their gifts were not given to their parents, but solely to Jesus, king of the world. And this was Jesus' birthright. This was Jesus' inheritance from Father God. 
And only Jesus had the authority to give it away. The laws of inheritance are taught to us in the book of Genesis and in Deuteronomy 21. And the gifts of Jesus, the gifts that Jesus received came through Father God to Daniel, to the Magi, and then on to Jesus. So in actualities, these gifts came from Father God to Jesus. And their money was, and this money was oversighted by his parents and then passed on to Jesus' uncle. Jesus put his uncle Joseph of Arimathea in charge of his wealth. Who's, who went to get Jesus' body? Uncle Joseph. And yet what did Jesus do for us according to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9? He became poor so that we become rich. Jesus emptied himself, put down all of his wealth in the natural for us. He became poor so that we might become rich. Jesus gave up everything and worked as a man, and he built alongside his earthly father, Joseph. He never took control of his wealth. His uncle managed the money. That's why when Jesus fled to Egypt, he had something to use. He had money. It was given to him for the flight. And then when he came back to, back to Nazareth to get a house and buy a house, he had money to buy a house. Because the Father gave him the wealth of kings. Because Jesus is king of the world. Jesus is king of kings. Jesus is Lord of lords. And he's worthy of all the wealth of this world. Amen? That could give to him. That he could have. And he did this. Jesus did this as an offering for us. Jesus believed for a hundred return, and he got it for our salvation and more with benefits for all of eternity. So that in Christ we have the ability to access the provisions of heavens at all times for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have it all. There's no limit in God. When we have limits or we have problems, guess who does it? Everything between your two ears is how you think, or should I say how you stink. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, as man thinks in his heart, so is he. Amen? Let's go to Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. Just the first part, which is called the A part of a verse. There's an A and a B. But this one is Proverbs 10.22. It says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. The blessings of the Lord makes one rich. The blessing of the Lord is the spoken word of God. It's the favor of God spoken over you, which empowers you to prosper, to increase, to increase favor and abundance in our lives forever. When Jesus gave his life on the cross, he released a supernatural covenant blessing over us. We now have access to that blessing every day. And finally, in a world of unrest like today, we must contend for what we possess in Christ. We're not called to be passive. Sure, oh yeah, the whole, yeah, the whole world would want you to be passive as a Christian. Don't say nothing. Just 
Yeah, just accept everything as it is. No, I don't. I do not. I don't accept Santa Claus as my, my uh, new uh, Christmas person. My Christmas person is Jesus. Amen? Amen. You have permission here and now to contend for the manifestation of what Jesus provided for you. One thing to contend for is do not be offended easily. The world would want you to be offended and quit or fight with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Contend not to be offended. Contend by rising up in faith and speaking out loud in love what God's word says about you, who you are, and what he has promised you. All the promise of God are yes and amen. And become fully persuaded that when he promised you, what he promised you, he is able to perform. And if there is delay, it's not denial. You will outlast the storm, the persecution, or any other thing that tries to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. The word of God teaches that the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And what makes us rich is God's blessing. Spend time with God seeking out your honest motive for wanting an increase. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Do not faint, for you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Do not fear or be intimidated by persecution or the spirit of the culture. You have every right to break the world's economy off your life and the life of those you love, be it now or if the entire world collapses, it don't matter. He'll still provide for us. His love and covenant stands with you forever. His love and covenant stands with you forever. Well, part two of this message will be coming next year in 2024. A couple of thoughts before I close. Angels are moving this Christmas Eve. Miracles are in motion for you and your loved ones. Have a glorious Christmas Eve and a glorious Christmas Day. There are no limits in God. Open doors to bless you in 2024. Dang, there's a lot to shout about right there. <laughs> go out with this song more than able. <clears throat>
Yes. Expect the impossible. Supernatural. Amen. Enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy your Christmas. Love you guys.